0: Turning to Psalm 1, back to Psalm 1, I love how in a lot of these psalms or a lot of the hymns that we sing, there's this, this subtle conversation or, or remarks like regarding Satan or the evil one. So as we're singing there, it's, "Oh, death, where is thy sting, Right? Almost as though we're we're laughing at Satan, for Satan thinks he's so clever and um, and doing such a good job, and yet each and every one of us is another victory over his evil, twisted plan. But 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 here's the thing, <clears throat> and one of the things that we don't do such a great job of. In today's church is um, we kind of pretend as though Satan doesn't exist. We pretend like sin doesn't exist. We pretend like everything's just sugar pops and, you know, and, and cake, right? Well, there is an enemy. There is a clear and present danger. And sometimes we get lulled into sleep and thinking, well, you know, everything's okay. Um, Everything's pretty far from okay. And there is an evil one that is prowling, waiting to see whom he can consume and devour. Uh, Ephesians clearly warns us to be ready to have our armor on. We are in a spiritual battle. Um, and so, Satan then comes and goes, and he comes as, as an angel of light. He comes with a smile. He comes deceptively. He comes deceptively. And that's the danger that we um, kind of like that that blind sheep. We just you know, we, we, we see the sweet water, we see the stack of hay, and, and we just blindly walk over to it and, you know, get executed. Well, the Lord warns us. The Lord strengthens us. The Lord gets us geared up to be prepared to, to fight the good fight. Um, we don't have to be victims. We, we can... Uh, take charge we can take control we can do something in our lives and so 2020 was a you know was a interesting year you know and as you look back it's always interesting when you ask people you know what did they think about it you get different answers and maybe you just you know first thing that comes to your mind you know might be you know either you know political or, or financial those are just two fast and easy things or or maybe you immediately go to your relationships. Um, you know, maybe you just got married. Maybe you're going to get married, and relationships are, are shifting and changing. Or you've been married for 30 plus years, or you've been married for five years. And, and so the first thing you think of when you evaluate last year is these relationships, or, or how your career's going, or maybe the ups and downs of it, especially with, with COVID. Maybe you had some hobbies or projects that you, you did or did not do or did halfway and, and so you feel pretty accomplished in, or unaccomplished to whichever way um, in that. Maybe it's just based on stuff, right? You're a good American. So you know, you got more stuff now than you did last year. Right? the cardinal sin in America, personal peace. I want when I wa- what I want, when I want it and a fluency give me more give me more give me more right that's that's kind of um the 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 deadly path or escapism you go the path of i just got to get away from all this and it's you know kind of the 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 sex the drugs you know the abuses the drinking um just just get away and escape well regardless of how 2020 was 2020 is over right um the scriptures remind us to forget what lies behind and press on forward to what lies ahead. Pursuing the prize, the heavenly prize. That's our goal. Our goal is a heavenly goal, not a temporal goal. And so, reset, reimagine, revision what are your 2021 goals. Uh, it's okay if you have relationship goals and business goals and you know, financial goals and things like that, but but what about your your spiritual goals? What, what about your A one goal? Where, where are you? Where's your re- relationship with the Lord? I had a conversation once with a, a very close friend, a guy I met uh, in college. We played baseball together, and you know he was uh, my backup catcher. And catchers, you know, are have the same position and you're you're together a lot you 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 know you when the coach is hitting balls to the fielders, two catchers are standing there right it's two feet apart when pitchers are pitching and practicing two catchers are sitting you know next to each other about five feet apart and you, you know you talk and you get to know people and i remember talking to this guy and and things were going amazing for him he had just bought this new boat and a house on a lake and his business and you know, and he had all these great things. And I, and I asked him, well, how are you doing spiritually? You know, how's your walk? And, you know, with his southern accent, he's like, what walk? You know, and that broke my heart. Because that's the only thing I cared about. I mean, I don't care if he's got a boat. I don't care if you guys have a boat. You know, I, I don't care how big your house is. I don't care how, how much money you have. It's I don't care if you're executive VP or... You know, the lowest mound, the total paw. I, I want you to be strong spiritually. I want you to be growing. I want you to have a fire and a passion for, for the Lord. And so today we're, we, we, we want to have a blessed year. We, we want to have a, a joyful year. And I want to look at Psalm 1, and it's a study of contrasts. It's a study of contrasting ungodly and godly. So, which team do you want to be on? You want to be on Team Ungodly or Team Godly, right? Um, you want to be, you know, with the, the wicked or with the righteous? And, and how do we get there? Well, first of all, Psalm One is it's a one of the books in the Bibles. It's the largest book in the Bible, and it's part of Hebrew poetry. So, we've we've talked in in men's group about. How these different books in the Bible have different genres, right? So some books are, are really geared more historical. Here's a historical narrative, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. These are books about the law. Here's the law. You've got literature, you've got prophetical, uh, you've got uh, poetry. And so in Hebrew poetry, what, what, what's trying to, to be accomplished here is to capture the reality of the human experience. This is why so many people make reading uh, psalms a part of their daily uh, habit. Uh, some people have proverbs as part of their daily habit. these proverbial, the, the wisdom literature, right? Uh, some people do both because they're, they're both a, a taste of different types of of ways that God's trying to communicate to us. And so in Psalms, we're human, right? We we have emotions, we have personality, we have feelings, we have attitudes, experiences, and the Psalms tend to to draw those things out. It tends to identify those things. It gets into kind of like the the depth of of pain and 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 frustration, the exhilaration of joy and happiness and a need for for comfort. It's it's kind of you know the the, the touchy feely stuff, right? But with substance, but with substance. And so, unlike English poetry, English poetry tends tends to depend on rhyme and meter, right? Um, you know, rhyme, a b c d e, right? We're rhyming. All right, we we, we get it. Um, well, Hebrew literature is different. It focuses on things like. Parallelism or figures of speech. Okay, Parallelism. You know, you have one side of the column and the other side of the column. And they, they're, they, they, they're parallel to each other. Or a figure of speech. And so uh, using things like, you're like a tree. Right? It's a figure of speech. That's how Hebrew uh, poetry works. It'll use a lot of repeats. It'll repeat the same thing. When you see things repeated in the Bible, that's for emphasis, right? It's it's like a parent. A parent, you know, talking to a child and, and, and says the same thing over and over again. Why? Because we're trying to drive a point home. We don't think you're listening. We don't think you get it. We want you to listen. We want you to get it. We want you to understand so that you will be blessed, so that you will prosper. Um so we see the same things. We see a lot of synonyms, a lot of the, the same word repeated, but in a different way. Um, or the antithetical. Okay, here's the opposite. So we have the, the righteous and then the wicked, right? So you'll see and con- and comparisons and contrasts. You'll see almost like a storyline where you'll see, you know, like climax, you know, and this like this high point and then goes back down to a low point. And so the, the the psalms are just full and of, of this richness and, and, and depth of uh, you know, simile and metaphors and imagery. And uh, it's just a, a beautiful piece of literature. But more than just poetry, this is God's word communicating to us. And in that, and in the poetry, it's it's to give us a clear understanding, but also to help us remember how many times, how many sermons have we heard? How many times have we read? And five minutes later, we can't remember what we read. We don't remember. That was an amazing sermon. What was it about? Um, You know, for years I'd ask the kids, you know, all right, what what I teach on? Right. And I always took it. Hey, if they couldn't answer, that was that was a me problem. I have to do a better job of clearly communicating so that they will remember. Because my goal isn't just to speak. It's like I'm trying to take God's word from here, communicate it to you, so that when you walk out the door, you live it, right? Not that we just hear like a, a good talk. That's not the goal. So, Psalm chapter one, the first thing that we want to look at the first goal of of having a blessed year is there is there is a godly way there is a godly way Psalm 1 how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. So, it begins with how blessed is the man, how blessed is the person, right? Well, who here wants to be blessed? Who here wants to have a, a great day? Who here wants to have a great year? Who here wants to have a great life? We all do. Right? So if you're going to read a book that says, hey, let's start with this. You will be blessed if, okay, you got my attention, because I want to be blessed. I want to be happy. So this is what you should do. So I want you to be happy. This is what I want you to do. Don't do this. <laughs> That's an interesting way to express what I would like for you to do to be happy, right? Is to immediately begin with a warning, a warning. Now, isn't that parental? Isn't that like, just like a parent? It's just, you know, you got to take the joy out of everything, you know, where, you know what? Hey, dad, can, you know, uh, you know, can we drive to Leavenworth be safe, put the chains on, drive the speed limit, wear a seat, right? It's like, your first thing out of your mind is all the bad things that can potentially happen, you know? And you just, it's because you love them. You want to protect them, you know? And it's like, you know what, better, yeah, why don't you just stay home, all right? It's a better better deal. Well, so blessed is the man. And the idea here of, of, of blessed, it's its one of those words where, well, yeah, I, I get it. I understand, be happy. But, but in the Hebrew, it has a kind of a... a it's, it's a plural. So it's you, you, you'll be blessed, blessed. Which is even more interesting, right? So it's like, you will really be blessed. You'll really be blessed. If you don't do this. If you don't do this. Warning, warning, warning. Danger. Danger. Right? Don't do this. That should get our immediate and instant attention. Now, thankfully, the Lord knew that someday I would be reading this, and he, and he had to make it simple, right? And so he gets right to the point, right to the point. How blessed is the man who does not walk. Not very complicated, right? Don't walk, don't walk, don't, don't, don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. We're called to, to not be in the, 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 the counsel of wicked people. Well, who would do that? That would be dumb, right? Right? But I would never do that. I would never take the the viewpoint or the the wisdom from somebody wicked, right? I don't go to the, you know call up the counselor uh, counseling uh, wicked, wicked. Wait, oh, got it. Here's the yellow pages of the wicked counselors list, <laughs> right? No, but we find oh, PhD psychologist. Uh, worldly wisdom will do that. See, the, the counsel of the wicked is the advice from people who are, are not godly people. Wicked people. Um, you're not to walk in that, that path. You're not to be in that path. And you say, "Well, gosh, I mean, that's just kind of the way it is, isn't it? You you go to I mean, what about counseling? It's like this is our counsel. All scripture is sufficient. All scripture is sufficient for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness. So so if 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 you want to have understanding if you want to have wisdom you either make the decision choice to take god's wisdom or man's wisdom when it becomes man's wisdom then it becomes man's counsel what is their counsel based on well not god's word in fact most psychology most of the counsel that you're going to find is in direct opposition to god's words it's in direct opposition go well um you know what spare the rod spoil the child no way it can't do that so let's figure out a whole different system of raising kids let's like just give them whatever they want to give them and we'll write books about it and you know have have a different (coughs) see how that turns out Uh, i don't advise it um very simple blessed you will be happy you will be really really blessed if you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners the idea of standing is is being in like this 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 firm place this position having a, a viewpoint of of sinner, of sinners sinful people or sitting in the seat of mockers the idea of 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 like when you think sitting, you think right, plop down. Okay, so I go from walking to standing to sitting. I'm fixed. I'm set. Right. I'm 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 getting real comfortable in this position of council of mockers. Now, forgive me, but for me the first thing that when when I was reading this um, a few years ago was wow, you know what? Because maybe it was because I was in seminary and I was in in a class and I was sitting in a class. But it's like, isn't that what you do in school? You're literally like sitting in the council of, well, either people who love the word and love God and teach God's word or could be somebody mocking God's word, somebody mocking God's ways. Well, where would we do that? Where would we... Go and sit hour upon hour, day after day, and literally have mockers mock the word of God, scoff at the Bible, scoff at things like Phew, God can't create the universe, scoff at things like, yeah, an 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 unborn isn't really a baby. It's just uh, I don't know, You've got a unviable tissue mass, right? And then mock the Bible, mock Christianity. Psalm 1 begins with, Blessed is the man who does not, you don't walk, you don't stand, you don't sit under counsel, under guidance of people who are sinners, who are wicked mockers of God. You don't do that. You, you, you want to transform your life? Change who you take counsel from. Change the intake. You, you, you wonder why you don't know this book as well? Because you read 50 other books. That's why. Because you watch 50 other things. You listen to 50 other things. And you're not listening, reading, watching God's Word. You're filling your cup with something else. But, but, the blessed man, not only does he not do these things, but he does in replacement something else. Okay, you don't want me to stand, walk, or sit with, with, with sinful, wicked mockers. What do you want me to do? What I want you to do is, verse 2, delight in the law of the Lord. Delight in the law of the Lord. Do you delight in the law of the Lord? Psalm 19 gives us a great little outline. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? The law of the Lord. Well, first of all, it's perfect for restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It's sure. It is right for making wise the simple The law of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous all together. So when we talk about delighting in the law of the Lord, we're not just talking about like 10 commandments, right? We're talking about the precepts, the statutes, the way the way of the Lord versus the way of the wicked. So blessed is the man who delights, who who takes great joy, great pleasure. In the Hebrew, it has this idea, delighting of of being captivated and, and mesmerized, almost bewitched. You're just so, so captivated by it. Um, one of the things that I love to do is I, I, I prefer studying later at night because I don't want the, I don't want there to be an end time. Like if, if I'm reading, I don't want, oh man, I've only got 20 more minutes left. I've got to go somewhere. There's been so many times where it's like one word just just gets me. one phrase. And you go and you read more and more and more. It's, just, it's mesmerizing. It's captivating. It takes such joy, such delight in this book, in the, the law of the Lord. And in his law, in God's law, he meditates day and night. We've talked about meditation before. Meditation is not, again, the world's definition of meditation is to find some quiet place, to close your mind, to think about nothing or to him something silly. And they call that meditation. Maybe you throw some hot rocks on you or something. Meditation is a deep dive contemplation and study into in, in the things of the Lord, like the Bereans, to see if it is so, to actually use critical thinking to process what you're reading. Does it make sense? Does, does it make sense that I will be happy if I don't walk, stand, or sit in the council of wicked, sinful, ungodly people? Does that make sense? Does that make logical sense? Just meditate on that and play it out. Okay, so if I shouldn't, then what does that look in my life? Who are the, where are these Wicked, sinful counselor, where oh, oh, I I do it over here and I I do it here. And these are the things that you're supposed to deeply meditate on day and night. To deeply meditate on the law of the Lord and, and the beautiful depth and richness of what God's word is telling you and teaching you for your joy and prosperity and blessedness. And it's day and night. It's all day long. It's 24-7. It's not just, well, I go to church once a week. I go to church once a week, and fortunately the guy doesn't go, you know, over 40 minutes too often, except recently, but you know. 40 um, minutes isn't enough. It's not enough. And you should leave here, and you should take your notes, and go back, and read Psalm 1, and... And think about things like say. Goes well. I don't know that what he said there. That uh, I got a question. And text me, call me, right. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. What? What's the? What's the reward then? The, the the way of the godly doesn't take in this bad counsel, but instead delights in the law of the Lord. There's there's a reward. Verse three, and he will be like a tree. Here's our our Hebrew poetry. Here's our or metaphor, he'll be like a tree. So we're we're called to be trees. So now we gotta put our tree hat on, okay? Okay, think like a tree now. What kind of tree do you wanna be? You wanna be one of those little wispy trees that the wind just blows over that you just just kick? You know, or we when we go out to you know it's 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 a cool thing. I I love learning new things and I we, we have some awesome men in this this room and and they've been chopping wood and that kind of thing for years. So it's no big deal to them. But for me, it's still an adventure. And it's like, you know, you go into these woods and it's like, you know, it's like, all right, there's trees. Let's get them. Let's get them, guys, you know. And well, Why don't we get the ones laying down? And Isn't that easier? You know, And it's like, no, no, no good. No good. Why? It's rotted. It's, uh, that's not a good piece of wood. That doesn't burn long enough. That one's too skinny. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, whoa, I didn't realize there was so much to it. And it's like, but one of the things is, you know, you, you come across like different kinds of trees, right? You see weak trees and you see strong trees. And here it's like, look, if you delight in the law of the Lord, you meditate on it day and night, you're going to be like one of those strong trees. I want to be like one of those, those big round, you know, cedars, right? You, you can't move it. It's just like, oh, man, beautiful to look at. They're awesome in the are, And then I think, man, I want to chop that down. Um, but I want to be like a tree firmly planted. Well, goes back to our little images of school. You know, it's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to show you how, how discipline and habits work. And we're going to give you this little seed and we're going to pour a little bit of water every day. Right? One of your first science experiments. I think it was it's probably the first lab that you ever have in school and, and you pour a little water every day. Right? And what happens with that little seed? All of a sudden this little bud comes up, right? Boop, little green, you get so pumped. Yeah, it's working. And then a little green thing, and then a, and then a little bushy thing, right? And then, I don't know where you went to school, but my school, they said, okay, now stop watering it. And it dies, right? So you got to see the, the beginning and the end. And so the idea here is, well, first of all, I don't want it to be like a little, tiny little bush thing, right? I want to be a firm tree planted not by a little bit of water, a little pitcher of water, but, but by streams of water, but by a river. So that river, the, the feeding is just con- on a constant. So that, that, that tree that has its roots that are spreading out like tentacles, reaching out deep and wide is just soaking up all this water, all, getting all this strength. Right, And so the law of the Lord is like that water just pouring into you. It's your, it's your food. It's your bread. And it makes you stronger and stronger and stronger. And so that you're going to be like a tree firmly planted, not weak, firm, which will yield its fruit in season. The, the, the great fear of the farmer, right? Is it going to grow? Is it going to yield a crop? So I did all the cultivating. I did all the planting. I did all the hard work, the weeding, the watering, the the sun, everything. And and you're just, is it going to produce? It will produce. You will produce fruit. You will have a blessed life if you delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it all day and all night, then I promise you will be like a tree firmly planted which will yield fruit in season. How how do I know I'm going to be okay? You will be okay. Because the law of the Lord is deeply getting entrenched into you. And you have roots and you have tentacles now and you don't know when the, you need the parenting skill or, or the, the marriage relationship skill or the, the faith one, right? Or the, the comforter. You don't know when you're going to have to draw upon these things. But when you need to, you will yield fruit in season. And you know what? Your leaves will not wither I, I love being in Washington. When when I first read this in California and I was like 14, I had no idea what this stuff, rivers and trees, and I got cement in the front yard, you know? I don't... I think the first thing we did when my, my parents bought their first house was we tore out the tree <laughs> to put a cement slab in the back, and the tree was like, you know, it was a big tree. It was like that big, you know? <laughs> Fell bid to us, but we took it out. But see here, I know what withered leaves look like. I got a whole pile of them all over the yard, right? And, and, and you know, I look at them every year and it's like, I don't have to take them down. They'll just fall down. I don't have to go up with a rake and pull them down. They just wither off. They just go away, right? So, So you're not just going to wither off and go away. Verse 3, and its leaf won't wither. You won't wither. And whatever you do, you will prosper. Well, I like that. You guys like that idea? You, you like the idea of prospering? Now, your definition of prospering is going to change to what God's definition of prospering is. That's part of reading God's word. That's part of delighting in God's law. That's part of meditating and understanding what God's definition of prospering joy and happiness and fruitful prosperity is. Like be fruitful and multiply is one of his blessings that he gives, right? Not start a business, make millions. I don't, I don't see that anywhere in the scriptures. I see an awful lot about family, an awful lot about relationships, an awful lot about uh, how we treat one another, neighbors, friends, strangers. Well, there's also a very, very direct, lovingly, fatherly warning found throughout the comparison and the contrast in this chapter. And, and there's, there's also the second, our second um, pillar here is there's the way of the ungodly. See, the wicked are not so. See, there's a transition here. The wicked are not. What do you mean they're not? What do you mean the wicked? The wicked don't delight in the law of the Lord. The wicked don't meditate on God's word day and night. The wicked don't heed the warning of taking counsel in the wrong places. The wicked are not so. They're the opposite. The wicked take counsel from the sinful, wicked mockers. The wicked stand, walk, and sit amongst the sinful, wicked mockers. So that's where we start. Instead, the wicked, they're not like strong trees. They're not like leaves that won't wither. But they are like chaff that, which the wind drives away. And so again here we're we're in an agrarian society where everybody understands that metaphor. I think most of us do too, but the idea of, of chaff is when you have grains and seeds and, and these grains and seeds have husks, right? And so what you would do is you you know you have all your grain and think of wheat and so here's your pile of wheat and all you have to do is you get your pitchfork in there and you, you throw it up in the air and the heavy stuff goes up and then plops back down. The light stuff, the wind, separates it, right? So it's the separation, the wheat, the good stuff, and the chaff, the worthless stuff. You know what they do with chaff? They burn it. Why? Because it's useless. There's nothing good to do with it, so they burn it. Well, there's a metaphor for you. Um, But they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, but the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish like chaff. It will be burned. Well, I don't like that. I want everybody to prosper. I want everybody to find the way of the righteous. But the painful truth is not everybody does. Well, who doesn't? Well, here's a starter. Those who take counsel from the wicked, stand in the path of sinners, sit in the seat of mockers who don't delight in the law of the Lord, which therefore don't allow them to follow the law of the Lord because they don't know the law of the Lord. So whatever they do doesn't prosper, but instead it withers away and is just left for destruction, for burning. There is a way of the ungodly And there's also a promise. The wicked are are like chaff that the wind dries away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Nor sinners. Now we're going back to our compare and contrast. Our parallelism. The wicked will not stand in judgment. Nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows. He knows. God is watching. You can't hide from God the Lord knows the way of the wicked but the way of the wicked will perish there's a day of reckoning there's a day of reconciliation and the wicked won't make it they're going to perish The the beauty of this book is is in the, the reward and the blessing of doing something so simple as just delighting in the law of the Lord. Delighting in the law of the Lord. And it sounds so simple and it sounds so easy. The question is, when we go back and we take and evaluate our lives, are we doing this? This is our takeaway. Are you delighting in the law of the Lord? If so, then there should be actions behind that, right? Actions other than just coming to church once a week. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you thinking about? What are you mentally contemplating? Um... Let me suggest there's, there's not a middle ground here that's like, well, nothing really. Well, you're, you're, you're thinking something. You're watching something. If you don't understand it, Satan does. And he is far, far more crafty than you might think. Um, beware. Be on guard. Are you on guard? Are you guarding your little eyes? Are you guarding your little heart? probably the worst thing we can say is, I can handle it, right? Oh, I can handle that. Can you? And this is the thing that we all, and and, and I'm right there with you, we we all can evaluate our intake, our intake. And what we see here in Psalm 1, we see a, a compare and a contrast, right? And we see the value of Taking away multiplication through subtraction, right? Taking things away and adding. And so the idea then was, well, look, if we're here and like, if I want to really grow, it's like, okay, I'm going to do these things this year to grow. All right. That's pretty cool. I had growth. Oh, that's great. But you know, I could double that really easy by eliminating See how the gap gets bigger? And so the more I eliminate and the more I add, see how the gap gets bigger and bigger? That's a pretty cool thing. That's really cool. And so it's not like it it takes that much. And let the Lord, let the Lord marinate you. Delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it. You're like a piece of meat. Okay, just like this slab of meat, and what God's saying is, look, just just dip into my marinade, okay? Just just come in here and just sit in here. You 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 sit in here. You let it soak in. Don't don't leave. Just stay here. And just let it get deep, deeper and deeper, and penetrate to where that that piece of meat when you take it out tastes just like the marinade, right? That's the idea. That's the idea. And the metaphor here is is not just, I I think of a piece of meat in a dish, right? A little bit of juice, really? No. Turn the hose on. Put that thing in a river. put, Put it in a stream of water. It's just a constant, nonstop flow. Why? Because we need it. I, I hope this doesn't sound uh, bad. I, I don't mean it to, but I've read this book a lot of times. I've taken four years out of my life and studied it in Hebrew and Greek and backwards and forwards. And I, I've, I've memorized that one time through ordination every book in the Bible. And you could quiz me on, on what's where in any book. And I have forgotten so much. It's shameful. It's shameful. And and I I mean that for it's like it's surprising the things that I've forgotten and I'm how did I forget that how did I forget that because we're human that we we have weak minds we have other things going on and so I I, I know that if I can forget that everybody here can forget I, there are things I come across and it's like I've got it highlighted I've got it. Highlighted and circled, and I'm looking at like, I've never seen this before. I've got notes on it. It's, we have to keep keep doing it over and over and over again, over and over again. Reset. Get your bearing back. This is a very basic way that you can be reminded. How do I do that? Removing wicked counsel delighting in the law law of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for